Hello, welcome to Pictures and Popcorn. I'm Matt. And I'm Lenny, and today we're going to be talking about Scoob. It's only just come out, so it's understandable if no one knows really what this film is. Um, you might have seen the trailer. The trailer actually looks quite good. Fair warning. Uh, we didn't particularly like it. But to give you a bit of a summary as to what actually happens, it sets itself up to be sort of a generic story that you see quite a lot in films. There's the good guys, there's the bad guys. The bad guy wants a thing that's technically evil. The good guys try and stop it. They, uh, you know run into different people along the way and all of them are all from the Hanna-Barbera universe. So you've got Dick Dastardly as the bad guy, you've got obviously Scooby and the gang as the good guys and they have a little adventure and it's it's, it's not good. We didn't enjoy it, did we Matt? No, it's uh, it's not it's not really a Scooby-Doo film, is it Lenny? It's not. This, will, this will be a, a trend throughout the episode. You will hear me say, this is not a Scooby-Doo film lot. Because I really want you to leave from this episode knowing that this this Scooby-Doo film is not a Scooby-Doo film. Enjoy. So, we, uh, we, we, we both watched Scoob. We did. And if anyone's watching this and wants to know whether we recommend it or not, I'm going to go full on and say no. No, I do not. I... And the rest of this episode can be the, the justification <laughs> as to why. Perfect. I said video. I meant I meant podcast. Sorry, everybody. I'm still I'm still in video mode. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. So, h- how did you feel about this film, Matt? Before I just start crying, disappointed feels like an understatement. Yeah, like I I watched the trailer. Don't remember when. I, I kind of forgot that it existed until you reminded me about it the other day. Like, I, f- I forgot that it existed, but I do remember watching the trailer and be like, oh, that actually looks pretty cool. Like, the art style's nice. It looks, like, fun and whatever. And the first 10 minutes of the film were that. The first 10 minutes were were fun and sort of heartwarming and, like, this. it was setting up what I thought was going to be a good film. And then it went downhill so quickly. Like, I, I have two positive notes on my little, like, the notes that I was taking while watching the film. And the top one just yeah. says, I would die for baby Scooby. And and I would. Like, <laughs> that, like he's, he's adorable, and I just want a full film of that. And instead, they did, like, the intro of that, which is fine, but it feels like two different films. One feels like this little, like, heartwarming, cute little story, <coughs> and the other feels like trash. <laughs> Yeah, like, I don't think that this, this wasn't the film I was expecting. And I don't think it was the one that was advertised. So from what I can remember, like the original trailers, were just talking about young Scooby and Shaggy and everyone else, like being young and just meeting and being sort of like an origins movie. And I thought, you know what, that's a, that's a relatively fresh, fresh thing to do with it for the, for a movie. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like a prequel to every single one of the TV shows. Or it, or it could have been, but wasn't. Yeah, and it, it's just ended up being like this weird science fiction superhero movie. Can we can we just say that it, it's not actually a Scooby-Doo story? Like, it, Scooby-Doo has its own formula. It's basically a whodunit, but for kids. And it isn't that. Like, I was so annoyed that it just, it wasn't a Scooby-Doo film. And then they had the cheek to add a bit at the end where they did the unmasking... And then it turns out that it's Simon Cowell, which makes no sense. So because they know that that makes no sense, they then unmask that and 
it's the bad guy that was already there. Like, it's Dick Dastardly, unmask Simon Cowell, unmask Dick Dastardly again. And I believe at some point he says, oh, no one ever tries the double unmask thing, even though there is definitely an episode of Scooby-Doo where they do the double unmask thing. But that's by the by. Like, I ju- I, why was it not a Scooby-Doo film? <laughs> I... See, yeah, like I feel like all the pieces were there and they could have made like a really nice movie that was like old school Scooby-Doo. Like in the sort of the, the mystery and things you like that. You say old school, any, any no, Scooby-Doo. I mean, like, every, every single Scooby-Doo thing is is that, I mean, except I this. mean classic Scooby-Doo. Like, you know, like the, as you say, there is a formula. But I feel like they were so preoccupied with like ticking boxes of popular things like superheroes, sci-fi robots, Netflix jokes, oh. dabbing. And well, it all sort yeah. of got a bit preoccupied. Yes. Th- this and entire it was more film, focused on that. This entire film was created by executives in suits saying what's cool. So like superheroes are cool. Um, sci-fi is cool. Um, what, what jokes can we tell that's down with the kids? And they obviously, everyone who wrote this film has never spent time with kids. See, like, this is the thing. If Someone you were, on if that you, movie like, must have cared. Yeah, well, yeah, the animation team. No, but like, the, the characters, all like deep cut Hanna-Barbera cartoons. All of the side characters were like from other shows from like the 60s and 70s. Yeah, because that's just from their childhood. That's just some old people yeah. being like, oh, let's put things in from our childhood. But also we need it to appeal to kids nowadays, so let's put Netflix jokes in. Whereas if you were going to do that and actually do relevant jokes for kids, you wouldn't do it about Netflix, would you? You'd do it about, I don't know, TikTok or I, Snapchat or something. It's like they have a character from Wacky Races, but he doesn't have a car anymore. They did design his ship to look like the car, though. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, Dick, Dick Dastardly's car looks like what that ship... Like, it's, got, it's got the big shaft at the back. Not, th- not that I'm trying to defend it. One of the things I liked about this film was Dick Dastardly. Like, I liked that his story arc wasn't a generic moustache-twiddling villain one. Like, even though he did twiddle his moustache at some point. <laughs> yeah. Throughout the cartoons, he's very, like, greedy. He's doing things to take over the world. He's, he's just trying to, he's trying to be a villain. And then here, he's just trying to get his dog back. And it's like, fuck, okay. I can empathise with that. They could have lent into that a little bit more, though. Like, they, the film still didn't try and get you to sympathise with him. Like, he still sent sort of evil... Um when they didn't, they could have not done that. They could have added some complexity, but this film in its entirety lacks complexity. It, do you know what this was? And there's a lot of films do it. Even some really well-renowned films do it. And it's something that TV shows that then turn into films always do. Simpsons movie did it as an example. And it's, Rather than taking your normal formula, so like a Simpsons episode just has a story that plays out, like it has a specific way that yeah, it does that. they try to do something different. Scoop, no, no, there's one specific way that they, every single one of these does it the same way, different. Scooby-Doo, obviously you have a mystery and it's basically a whodunit at the end. They pull the mask off and it turns out that it's this person and then, you know, Velma will be like, oh yeah, they did it because of this and this and this and they point to things that you found out throughout the show. When shows go to be films they decide to drop their formula and take on this one very specific formula and it's like a normal film you know there's a villain 
and there's the the three acts where it has the the rise intention and then like the dip just before the third act and then the big climax and they all seem to think that the weight of the normal story doesn't carry enough like it doesn't have enough weight to it so they always have just before the end of the second act they always have something that happens that makes the two main characters or two of the many main characters fall out and <laughs> dislike each other and they fall out yeah. and try and have this emotional bit so that then when the climax happens they can come together and find one another and then it's all happy the simpsons movie did it where like homer gets like separated from everyone because of uh, his, his selfishness or he wants to stay out and they want to go back or whatever it is like they, they fall out there's this big emotional thing and it never feels earned like it's never something that feels natural within the film it's always like oh yeah these are the characters that are always together they're always part of this thing you've seen them for hundreds of hours within a show and it's always the same way and then it feels so unnatural for within like the space of 10 minutes for them to have all fallen out and all of a sudden it's this huge emotional thing that then within another 10 minutes they've all made up again and it's this false like gravitas that's added and it just feels fake and every single tv show that ends up making a film does it and this film does it and it's rubbish. Yeah, it's it's one of those tropes that's just everywhere, and it's like, like even when you when you were saying it then, I was like, oh yeah, no, I did notice that. Like the moment they did the bit where the Shaggy started getting jealous of the other <laughs> the one, the other one, the, the other one, the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did the thing where Shaggy started getting jealous of Scooby because of everything that was going on with him, and then all of a sudden there's that. That rift between the two of them forming, and it's like, yeah. okay, they're but the, going, but the they're actual going this moment route, that that happens is um, like Scooby is offered basically, oh, do you want to come be a superhero with us? And Scooby's like, yeah, I do. And Shaggy's like, oh, I, I'd like you to not do that. Can't you stay with me? And Scooby's like, well, I want to go do the superhero thing. And then that, from that moment, they are now like, they've had a big falling out, and like, Shaggy can't forgive him. And then within like 10 minutes, even though Scooby doesn't do anything to redeem himself, he forgives him. And they're back together again because they're defeating the baddie, which is what Scooby was going to do all along. But whatever. Like, it's just, it's bad. It's, it's not, it didn't work for those characters because they, they have a thing that they do and it wasn't that and that feels jarring. Yeah. I mean, it could have worked. It, it just didn't. It was... <laughs> It's that kind of storytelling device that has done so much that it's just see-through. Like, I mean, Harry Potter did it. Like, in, I don't know, what was it? Uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1? Like, they give a reason that it's the Horcrux, but Ron falls out with Harry and Hermione, and it feels so unnatural. It's like, it's just, you've set a formula for how, like, these characters are inseparable. So to add weight, we're going to separate them and make them, like, dislike each other for a bit. And it's like, oh, it's just the worst. Yeah, like it's unearned. Like, like uh, shows uh, will like, like, I don't know. Some, you know, something like Breaking Bad or whatever. Like, will take yeah. hours and hours and hours of gradually making people like hate one another. Take like Walt and Skyler in Breaking Bad that start out as this married couple that like are there for each other and whatever. And by the end, like it's someone trying to clutch onto a relationship that has has obviously gone. And someone who's just trying to get out of this kind of toxic lifestyle. And that was yeah. over a very long time. It's not just someone decided that they wanted to be a superhero for a bit. And I get I shouldn't relate Scoob 
and Breaking Bad. But it's just storytelling. And <laughs> yeah, there's, there's there a significantly is, higher benchmark of what the angle. Characters and relationships. And one does the really basic, boring, crap way of doing it. And one took its time. Granted, one's a series, one's a film. But Scoob, well, Scoob, Scooby-Doo is a TV show. And it still didn't do that because that's not the kind of thing that it is. Because, and I will reiterate this once more, this is not a Scooby-Doo film. Just because it's got the characters doesn't make yeah, it a Scooby-Doo I mean, film. This could be a different set of characters. This, this could easily have 100%, been just some, that's some teenagers and this. a dog. Yeah, like, it, it, there's nothing about it that's specifically Scooby-Doo. Take away the prologue, just a teenager and a dog, and you've got the same plot. Some other superheroes that aren't Hanna-Barbera related. Even then, like the plot does not change. The characters aren't intrinsic to the plot. No, and like you could say the bits with um, Velma and Daphne and Fred are sort of, I mean, they're sort of stereotypes anyway, but like they are at least doing a bit of, oh yeah, this is like normal Scooby-Doo stuff. Like, you know, they, they introduce Daphne as the people person. Like when Simon Cowell is saying, what everyone's um, like best bits are like. What what do you bring yeah. to the team? Like Velma's the the nerd that knows all the stuff. Um, Fred is what they said the muscle or whatever. And Daphne's the people person. And throughout the film, they show those things. Like Daphne makes friends with that robot, which then obviously, I guess, sort of switches sides and becomes like a a double agent. Um, Velma does her hacky stuff, and you know whatever. Um, Fred is Fred, I guess, but <laughs> like. <laughs> At least they're trying to be in a Scooby-Doo film, but that's not the direction that the film is actually going in. Yeah, it's so. I just want to briefly tread back and discuss the topic of Simon Cowell. Now, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I usually take my Scooby-Doo without Simon Cowell. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to cut down on it. <laughs> Yes. Why was this other than obviously the the man will do anything for money, hence the the banking adverts that are currently on TV. Um why why is he in this film? Like if there were like so th there's the down down to earth I want to be like no not down to earth. There's like the down with the kids mentality of, you know, the soundtrack was obviously trying to be down with the kids. The jerks were doing their best to try and be down with the kids. Simon Cowell doesn't fit into that formula like Oh, why was he in this film? I don't even know. Like, I was fucking... Sh like, I, I was speechless when Simon Cowell just wanders in. I expected some, like, generic guy in a suit being, like, a bit of the, a minor antagonist. I was like, all right, yeah, that'll be, that'll be all right. That'll add a bit of a, a funny edge. And then a few of them will be, you know, rubbing off the wrong way on him. And no, it was just so, Simon Cowell looking I think like we mentioned Simon this Cowell. in uh, an episode somewhere. I don't, I don't remember exactly where, but we were on about the fact of um, Elton John being in Kingsman 2 and the fact that he sort of outstays his welcome. Like he, he should be a bit of a cameo for a laugh and then he just stays there forever. So Simon Cowell is the cameo for a joke thing, but it's still trashier. So, so like... <laughs> Like I, there is nothing to redeem this, and then they even do a callback, like the the mask thing at the end, which is yeah. they had to do the mask thing. They had to do the I would have got away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids, which they got away with right at the beginning. 
and they had to do the unmasking. And they obviously thought, well, let's do a callback to the Simon Cowell thing and then we'll actually make it so it's not about Simon Cowell. Even though it makes no sense, like, Dick Dastardly didn't know that they'd had a meeting with Simon Cowell. Like, that makes absolutely no sense. And the joke wasn't funny. Like, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I very much dislike the fact that Simon Cowell was in this. It didn't. It just feels yeah. unnecessary, much like this movie itself. But, um, like, while you're talking about that joke not landing, like, there's some of the others. That, one of my biggest pet peeves is a joke that doesn't support itself. So, for example, there's the scene where they're in, like, the they're at that, that fairground and Scooby's trying to get away from Dick Dastardly and he's in that hall of mirrors and Dastardly's trying to, like, coax him to come work with him. Um, he's trying to coax him to come and work with him. I say all this stuff like, oh, you'll be the most important dog ever, you know? And then he's like, oh, the funny joke is Scooby-Doo can't say his name. And he's like, no, it's Dick with a D. He's like, oh yeah, Rick. Right. He can't say Dick, but he can perfectly say dastardly. So like he, he, he can't say D's and then he can say D's like within the space of two seconds. And it's like, I, I get the joke. It's because it's Scooby-Doo doesn't talk properly. But... At least be consistent. Yeah. Can't be like, like, oh, if you're gonna, like, take the pace, like, at least be consistent. And don't... You can't say, oh, look how funny it is, he can't speak properly. And then show that you can, in certain times, speak properly. Yeah, exactly. And not mention it. Like, like It's even yeah, the same thing. The same, just like, not doing the that. The sentence before that, he says the word dastardly flawlessly. And it awful. I and it. I was just like, oh. And even then, you can tell that was a. You know, the writers were like, oh, this will make the parents laugh, and the kids won't get it. Cause it's like dick with a D. And it's like, uh, we we briefly touched back to what we were talking about with the Iron Giant, how there's stuff in there that, you know, it's relative humor for everyone to appreciate, but there is stuff that a parent well, will. Yeah, well, it's it's the thing of most kids' films try and do the fun for all the family, so they try and have some, like, things that only the adults will understand. Yeah. But, like most trash kids' films, this one just fails at it. Like, the, the, ki- the jokes for kids aren't funny and aren't overly relevant to kids. Like, Netflix isn't exactly a thing that kids use. Like, I'd say a lot more adults have Netflix than thing it's it's the kind of thing of what do 50 year old people in suits who work in hollywood think that kids are into and it's like oh well they're all on the internet all the time oh we'll have a joke about netflix and it's like it's it doesn't like they're even self-aware about it there's a joke uh, about halfway through when they're at the bowling alley and um velma daphne and fred are asking about whether or not um the person who works at the bowling alley has seen scooby and shaggy yeah and the person who works there is like, oh, you mean the person who looks like what a 50-year-old executive thinks a hippie looks like? And it's like, they are kind of self-aware enough to take the mick out of whoever created Scooby-Doo, but then aren't self-aware enough to realise that they themselves are doing the exact same thing that they're criticising. Yeah, it's like they're, it's like they're not aware of what they're actually doing themselves. Yeah, it's like they're going like, oh, isn't it funny like how like this these are really stereotypical. Like that's really trash. Like that's bad writing. What do kids like? Like what do all kids like? Like, so I just it, yeah, I, I hate it. 
yeah. Like you, going back to what you said at the start, you briefly mentioned about how you were impressed by like the, the style when you first saw the trailers. Yes. So. Go on. Can I, can I just put an asterisk there in that, that, that the joy that I had for the animation only lasted as long as I could actually like enjoy the film. Like it wasn't so beautiful that I could ignore the bad writing. It was just beautiful enough that when I was watching the first 10 minutes where they're actually all like kids and it's kind of a good film, like it's a nice little short film, if anything, um, like they only held up for as long as that. But as, as you were saying, so I liked how the main characters like looked, they were, you know, they felt they had the traditional appeal and they were a little bit stylized. Everyone else. Other than Fred. Fred didn't look like Fred. Fred just yep. looked like a dude with a big chin. Everyone else was so generic and so bad. Like all of the side characters, all of the people in the background, they look like they could have been out of any movie. Like the first sequence with the police officer chasing Scooby, that police officer looked like he could have been out of like a DreamWorks movie, like the B movie or something like that. He just looked like a generic guy <laughs> with no sense of style about him. And I get it's the issue of having... You like you know you want your main characters to stand out from everyone, but having no like I I, I disagree with that mentality. So it's like there's a there's a there's a meme that goes around online. It's like there's a meme online. It's like oh guess which one's the main anime character? There's this person with giant pink hair just sat in a room of generic looking people. And it's like if you're building a world, you want that style to be spread. You want everyone to look and fit. Yeah, the well same. that's it. They aren't building a world. It's it's a Scooby-Doo film. It's not a Scooby-Doo film, but it's got Scooby-Doo characters. Therefore, we're only going to care about those characters and everyone else can just look like whatever. It's it's a sign of the people who made it didn't particularly care. Yeah. Like it's, oh, we need a policeman. Oh, well, we'll just make a policeman then. Not like, okay, who is this policeman? Can we do something funny with him? Can we like add some quirks? And it's like, no, we just want a generic policeman. Yeah, it's just that, that sucked me out of the movie straight away. Like I, I went into this movie woefully optimistic. Like the opening sequence. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I think that's part of my issue too, is that I, I was probably expecting more than I was ever realistically going to get. What didn't help was the fact that I loved the the recreation of the original Scooby-Doo title sequence that they did to sort of show that time is passing. At the end of the sequence where it showed them as kids uh, to show the transitioning to them growing up, it did like the original theme tune. It recreated all of the opening sequences and shots of the original cartoons, like opening titles. And like I was so happy watching that because it looked so nice. Yeah, the film up until that point was yeah, good. Like, like that could the, have just the been intro the credits. of the film with them as kids. Yeah, like the, yeah, it's your better. We'll we'll treat this as a short film, and that's the credit sequence. And it's like, and then they went off and did all the things that you saw them doing the TV shows. Like, like it was. I don't know, like, th- there was a few little bits of attention to details. I, I, I wrote a note, I was expecting to do a lot more notes praising the film at this point. Yeah. Um, but there was a bit in the bowling alley where, um, and it's a nice bit of visual comedy with um, Scooby doing the bowling, and like, it just, it, it looks cool in the style of it, yeah. like, you know, tiptoeing up to it or whatever. But then there's a bit where the focus isn't on Scooby, but he's walking in the background, and he's walking how dogs actually walk when you put shoes on them. So I don't know if you've ever seen a video of a dog wearing shoes, but they walk funny, like they they can't quite comprehend what's going on, so they don't walk normally, they walk in a very specific way. All cats and dogs 
walk in this one specific way when they've got like socks or shoes. Yeah, so on like they sort of slam that's the how Scooby walks in. The, yeah, yeah, they're like sort of doing this weird walk thing, and like Scooby walks like that when he's got them shoes on, which is just a like a nice little attention to detail. Why? Why? Why didn't that attention to detail carry across? And I know the reason why is because the animators sent to care about well at least the main characters and the writers blatantly didn't care at all they didn't even care enough to make it a scooby-doo film no it was which i will keep reiterating because that's the biggest issue for me like, it's like they were trying to instigate like a, a hannah Barbera universe they're like oh we've got all of these vast characters that we want to bring together so are are all of these characters all from different shows created by the same person yeah so the Hanna-Barbera company was made of William Hanna and Joseph Barbera, who made okay. like the Flintstones, Yogi Bear, things like that. Um, so they made Wacky Racers and Scooby-Doo? Yeah, so there was, they did Wacky Racers, Scooby-Doo, um, Dino Mutt, and Captain Caveman, who were all characters within this film. And it felt like, oh yeah, we can put them in, we can put them in. They even had a fucking Hong Kong Fooey reference at one point. Like they moved an arcade machine and there was a picture of him there. It was like, oh, there he is. There's the, the guy from the old cartoons. You know, the, the superhero in this yes. film. Is that from a show? Is that created for No, film? he was from the same show as Dynamo. The show was called Dynamo, but it was about Dynamo and the Blue Falcon. Oh, that, that was the thing. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, because, and obviously this isn't the case, but when you were on about the side characters that aren't from other established cartoons... Um, and about them being generic, I sort of thought that those superheroes were going to be that because they felt really generic, but that's obviously just down to the fact that they already existed in that capacity. But Yeah. So, like, recently with the whole Scooby-Doo thing, they've been doing spin-off films where they do, like, Scooby-Doo and the WWE, Scooby-Doo and Batman and Robin. Yeah, for recently. Like the... that, that wasn't that recent, was it? Well, but... no, it was, like, yeah. from the start of 2010 onwards, they've been doing all sorts of these things. Yeah. And they did a film called, like, Mask of the Blue Falcon, which seems to just be this plot. Oh, really? Like Scooby-Doo teaming up with the Blue Falcon to do something. And it's like, we, you know, why, why make it again? So the, what you're saying is the people who wrote this story were even lazier than we thought they were. Yeah. Like, I don't know the plot. It just feels like they've already done that crossover relatively recently in the grand scheme of Scooby-Doo. It seems weird. Like this, this film was obviously... It's the biggest thing that Scooby-Doo has been a part of, what, since the live-action films. Yeah. Like, none of these straight-to-DVD things have been marketed as well as, as this has. Like, so in terms of mainstream put, success, in, I think this is, like, the biggest thing that there's been yeah, in terms exactly. of releases. Yeah, and you would think that when initially discussing making this film, you would think that they would have done, like, I don't know. Yeah. You'd have thought they'd have made it a Scooby-Doo film, is what I'm trying to say. I, I genuinely don't understand how they made the generic cartoon film with Scooby-Doo and didn't realise that they could have just made a good Scooby-Doo film. Or even a bad Scooby-Doo film. That would have been better than just this generic story. Yeah. So, um, so what I thought of while watching this film was it reminds me... Of in 2007, they did a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles CG movie, like fully animated like this, and it was intended to be sort of like a fresh sort of reboot for people. They had a yes. lot of lot of big name actors in, kind of like this. I, yeah, I'm aware of the films that you're talking about. Um, 
I mean, it's one film, but yeah. I'm aware of the film that you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like both films sort of detracted from the the source material in favor of like what was hot at the time. Like Scoob got superheroes and that Ninja Turtles movie got really balls deep and way too focused in telling some weird mythological lore. And it was like, there, there was good elements there. There was like all right elements within it. You could tell they cared about, like we say, like with this, there's someone on the project that cared about it. But as a whole, it just felt weird. Like you want a Ninja Turtles movie, you want to see some Ninja Turtles fighting people, not some dude who is this thousand year old ancient being who's just happened to stay alive throughout all of time and no one's realized. And now he's like this businessman and he's the person you've been looking for the entire film. And it's like, what the fuck? Why, why can't we just have ninjas fighting? Yeah. Especially but th this isn't that. This isn't them taking it too seriously. This is them just doing a bad story. Yeah, I just feel like it's them, like, getting detracted by other focuses and things that are popular at the time. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, rather than saying, like, oh, we're going to do Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but we're going to do it like this, or we're going to do a Scooby-Doo film, but we're going to do it like this. Just, just make a Scooby-Doo film. Just make a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Like, don't those characters into a different film because what's the point? Yeah, people will it watch it. It makes both worse and did. So... Yeah, but people watch it, like, if you market a film like this with Scooby-Doo in it, they'll watch it anyway. So there's no reason to... Like, people didn't watch it because it was bad. People watched it because it's got Scooby-Doo in it. Yeah, so you might exactly. as well make it good anyway. That's what I mean. Like, you don't need to... Because none of this shit was even in the trailers. Like, they put Dick Dastardly in the trailers and my friend showed me because my friend is, like, balls deep in wacky races. He just loves that shit. And it blew his mind that they brought Dick Dastardly into it. And I was like, all right, I'm interested to see where this is going to go. Yeah, it could have been good. Like that, the yeah. fact that Dick Dastardly's in this isn't necessarily a bad thing. The fact that they put all of the other Hanna-Barbera things in isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like they probably shouldn't have shared equal as equal as maybe they did. But like they, they could have done a Scooby-Doo story using those. Like they could have. I don't know, maybe done some convoluted way, uh, like reasoning for all of those characters all being in the same place at the same time. And therefore, when they're trying to work out who did the thing, it could have been any of those things. But they, but they didn't. I'm not saying that would have been good, but it would have at least been a Scooby-Doo film. It's not even like they've lost the touch with Scooby-Doo. Like they did some questionable versions of the series. Like they did one where... It's literally just about Scooby and Shaggy and they've got like this evil arch nemesis. There's this random Danish bloke who was a supervillain that everyone fucking hated. But like, so recently they've done, so like this is the best example of a perfect continuation of something in the style of Scooby-Doo. Within the last few years, they released a show called Scooby-Doo and Guess Who? It's done in the original animation style of the original series. Um, and it's got guest celebrities in every episode. I've even got Weird Al in one episode. But it feels like the original series. It's like my nieces were watching it and I watched it and I was like, holy shit, this is great. Like even yeah, the like, look, they stylistically nailed it. Yeah, you could, you could, there's a lot of things you could add into Scooby-Doo and, and it could still be good and feel like Scooby-Doo. But this isn't it. No. If, if anyone is looking for a Scooby-Doo film, this is not it. No, this, this is, this is, this is... It's not good. Yes. I have one more note, and it's technically back to the down with the kids bit, so I guess that that's scattered across this entire episode. 
but I guess it was scattered across the entire film. So, <laughs> hey ho. Um, like the soundtrack felt like it was trying to be down with the kids. Like it felt like it. It wasn't stylistically like kind of cohesive with the film whatsoever. Like something like Spider Verse had this sort of urban-ish like feel to the soundtrack because the film had that sort of feel with Miles and where it was coming from and like the graffiti scenes and all that kind of stuff. It, the soundtrack felt right. Yeah, there was that. It did not hear whatsoever. Like they didn't even try and put youthful things in because the the one rap track that I actually recognised was by Outkast on like their first album. Like the same, I think it was on the same album as Hey Ya, which is a really old song at this point. So like that rap track isn't something that kids nowadays are going to recognise because it's old. So they were trying to be down with the kids, but missed again. Like I just I. I, I hate it. You can probably just make a soundboard of me saying I hate it from like the 20 times I've said it, but whew, that is my last note. Um, so I'm going to tick all that off and I'm just going to sit and just get red while you spout whatever you need to do. Yeah, like I just... The film could have been something really great and it just wasn't... There was a couple of moments that, you know, it might have made me chuckle. And as I said, the bit where they recreated the old title sequence, that got a smile out of me. But as a whole, it's just not good. Like, there's not enough to recommend anyone to yes. watch this film. Maybe like What you know, I would recommend someone do, if, if they've seen the trailer and think, oh yeah, that looks interesting, watch the first bit of the film so there's a bit that's specifically set where they're kids and it's quite nice like there is some genuinely like heartwarming moments when shaggy and scooby first meet like it's genuinely nice it looks nice it's slightly funny and then there's the opening title sequence which does a great homage to like the originals and then just turn it off just press stop and just just in your mind just accept that's the film you just watched a nice short film like in what what disney's been doing recently with where they're just making short films for like um disney plus just imagine it like that you've had a good time and just the rest of the film is non-canon all right like that's what you need to do and it'll be good we are however gonna finish by rating the entire film non-canon part and all and uh what would you give it matt Three out of ten to like I I wanted to like the film. And don't don't let that play into your rating. Like it should have been good. I like I'm not. Like it's if anything, that's that's what's given it such a low rating. Like I went in blissfully optimistic and I came out heartbrokenly devastated. As I said, there was elements of the film I liked. I liked Dick Dastardly's character. I thought he was one of the best parts of the film. Such a good performance by the voice actor there. And like, there's odd little sprinklings of goodness throughout the film, but you can't polish a turd. So, 
I I always tend to rate films like on Letterboxd as soon as I've seen them and I, I should stop because like within a, a day or so I tend to think about it a little bit more and sometimes that'll sway my opinion. Like Parasite, I thought, oh, this is really good and then I thought about it for like a week and I was like, no, this is really, really good. So I like, I don't know, adjusted it a little bit. And this, I came out of it and was like, four. Like it's, five is my, this is not doing anything. Like it's not bad, it's not good. And is just one below that so it's like yeah no this it's bad but it's not like really bad and the more i've thought about it is like it is though in it like i think the fact that i went into it like with optimism and i really enjoyed like the first 10 minutes like i was like oh my god this is actually going to be good and then that gradually kind of you know got knocked down and down and down to the point where i was like okay so it's, it's a little bit worse than average and it's not it's quite a lot worse than average it's a generic story which is the main thing that i actually i marked down um iron giant just because of its generic story it would be like an almost perfect film if it wasn't a really generic like we've seen this story a million times and scoop does that but worse and it has awful cameos and an awful soundtrack and terrible jokes and reeks of old people trying to be down with the kids and it takes a, a established set of characters that have a very set formula and puts them in a completely different style of film with the generic tropes of tv film uh, tv gone film and it's bad and the only redeeming section is that first 10 minutes and that's not enough to redeem it that's basically the uh, the prologue and a good prologue shouldn't influence the rest of the film because the rest of the film was trash um so i give it a three yeah i, I think this is the, the genuinely the worst film i've watched in a long time like I, for a while i was thinking oh maybe i just you know now i'm older i could appreciate films more now i understand that maybe films aren't particularly bad and then I watched Scoop. <laughs> and I was just like, no. Reality check. I've just been watching good films for a while. Yeah, it's nice nice to actually see a, see a bad one and be like, okay, yeah, so those good films, like, I was right. Like, there is a distinct difference. Yeah. It's like and it's like a palate cleanser. Yeah. Like, you, you're wine like, tasting, yeah. you taste some, you drink a glass of water. Drink some liquid shit for an hour and a half. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, so thanks, Scoob, for cleansing our palate. But also, if you'd have just used characters that weren't already um, from an established thing, you could have just sat in a corner on your own and we could have forgotten about you. Sadly, this is now part of the Scooby-Doo um, chronology. And uh, and it's bad. Yeah, guess we'll leave that. guess we'll leave that there then, shall we? So, shit with an S. And that was it. If you um if you missed it at any point during that episode, um this film is not a Scooby Doo film. Just just want you to go away with that. If you did uh, listen to this on Spotify, a follow would be very much appreciated. Alternatively, you can check us out on Twitter or Letterboxd, where you can see us chat more about movies and other stuff. Thank you very much. Don't watch the film. Don't watch Scoob. Don't do it.